Coming up on Squats and Margaritas. Nobody ever looks at my husband and is like, you're such a shitty dad because you're running a business and because you're doing all this stuff and you're like the worst dadpreneur on the planet. I'm like, no. Nobody calls him a working dad either. That's like a a thing. He's a CEO of a fucking company that like he does amazing things and he's also a great dad. It's not one or the other. He's both. Just like I'm not one or the other, I'm both. I'm a great mom and I'm also good at what I do. Hey, senorita, really nice to meet ya. Have some tequila and stay. This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's Lift Like a Mother, Alicia McKenzie. She's a trainer, she's an entrepreneur, she's an author, she's a former competitive CrossFitter, she's a mom of five. Her book, Balance is Bullshit, uh, definitely caught my eye. <laughs> as I built a brand around balance that I still have yet to be able to achieve. So much I want to get into with her. We both have multiracial children. We're both former athletes and still have the competitive athlete living within our mom selves. Can't wait to get into this episode. Please do me a favor and hit subscribe wherever you're listening. You'll get an alert every time a new Squats and Margaritas drops. Here is my episode with Alicia McKenzie. So mom of five, did I read somewhere that you didn't want to be a mom? (laughs) You know, it's really interesting. And I never saw myself having children, this many children. (laughs) (laughs) But you started with one. And then I met the love of my life, who is standing right outside my glass door oh, just admiring have... you from afar. <laughs> no the bathroom is right there so. <laughs> okay sounds more realistic great <laughs> but we met uh, fell in love had four more and oh, we are and so here it, we are it's really interesting though in 2020 i had a miscarriage wow. and it was kind of a surprise pregnancy and we were like okay, we're not sure if we really wanted another. And then the miscarriage happened and we're like, wow, I think we wanted another. Wow. So we tried again, had another miscarriage. Oh my gosh. It's insane. So 2020 was a really, really like just all around, all around. So we, we took some time off from that. And then, um, Maya happened on vacation while we were in Aruba and now she's almost, she's what, five and a half months old now? She's the cutest thing ever. Um, I also have a Maya that happened in the Dominican. Because <laughs> um, I, I had a feeling I was pregnant with her on our honeymoon, and I walked by the sign. It ended up being the name of a restaurant, which is not as interesting. But I didn't know at that time. I just see Amaya. And I was like, that's my name. If, if I'm pregnant and it's a girl, like that's her name. And we didn't find out. We ended up being a girl. And... I call her Maya, but her name's Amaya. <laughs> Another thing in common. I, um, I played soccer my whole life okay. and played division one soccer in college, put everything into it. Uh, when I transitioned out of soccer, kind of lost myself for 10 ish years, um, depression, no longer having that soccer identity, which is like the athlete was everything to me. Um, it's what I, you know, prided myself on. And when that was gone, I didn't know how to move on from that. I didn't really diversify. I threw everything into soccer as a competitive crossfitter and not doing that anymore. Was that a little bit of a mind F for you? Not really, because it was, 
I went from, I did ballet competitive or not competitively, but I did ballet at a high level for almost a decade when I was through my teens. And then I kind of took some time off and then I stumbled into a CrossFit. I just happened to be really good with a barbell in my hands. Um, and I did that for almost another decade, but I never stopped having children. Right. All the way through all the way through. Yeah. So I, I really, I didn't, I didn't want that to be my only identity and my children, my husband and I knew we wanted kids. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have a baby, take a few months off, get right back into it. And it worked really well. Yeah. Um, I feel like because I've never suffered a major injury doing CrossFit or doing weightlifting. So I think that that like forced time off and that yeah forced rehab, really, it kind of, it helped me, but it also kind of stunted my ability to go further than I wanted or that I, yeah, I really wanted to go further, but I was having kids and I'm like, all right, I guess this is what I'm going to do. You just made the transition though. Like, I guess this is what I'm going to do. I had such a hard time with that. I was still so competitive and it's like, you knew you could still compete on a high level, but you're pregnant and you just kind of shifted and pivoted and went with that. Did you get like shade for doing CrossFit pregnant? Oh God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was, <laughs> I remember post, and this was like back in 2015 when nobody knew what like working out while pregnant was, yep. I was doing a workout and I was, it was like maybe a 55 pound thruster, which at the height of my career, I was able to like thruster 185 pounds multiple times. So 55 pounds is like nothing. And the messages and the hate that I got, you're going to kill your baby. And this is so bad for that. I feel sorry for that child. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, project much. It's like people see you doing that and they're like, no, throw stones at it. Like, I worked out till I was 38 weeks. I did orange theory. So it was like an interval training, but yeah. I mean, I had a big old belly and I, people were pretty supportive, but I don't know like if I had a barbell, like if they, I don't know, people, people project. Cause it's relative. you like you said, 55 pounds is a shit ton for somebody, but not for you no. and your body was used to doing it. So it should be on my mind, but doctor said, if you were doing it before, he's like, don't start being a CrossFit or when you're pregnant, but if you were already doing it, like it's completely fine. Yeah. And I think working, like I said, working out while pregnant just wasn't a thing that people saw. And then social media kind of exploded around that time as well. So I was like, yeah, this is what I do. And <laughs> I think the, the worst one was when I did a muscle up while pregnant, um, which is you go from being on the bottom of like hanging rings and then you pull yourself on top of it. And I was like 24 weeks pregnant and whoo, that was, I didn't like it. <laughs> people didn't like that one either, but <laughs> it is what it is. You do, you do think like, I wouldn't do it now. I would never advise any of my clients to do it. It's relative. It's what your body can handle. Yeah. Absolutely. And who's to say anybody else except you, what your body can handle. Yeah. I found like my best physical shape after having my uh, son. So I have two kids. I have right now they're six and a half and four and even as like a division one athlete, like I said, like I run a faster mile now. So finding other mom accounts, like lift, like a mother, like it's so inspiring. I want to spread the message that you're not too old. It's not too late. It's not just about your kids now. Um, like I'm hitting PRs at 40 and when it's like, nobody's really expecting anything out of you. And I tell this story in my book, everybody's like, when did it kind of turn around? Because I struggled with bulimia, anorexia, all of it, mostly between my teens and through, I would say like I got it together at about 26 and 
I was heavier because people don't understand that bulimia doesn't make you skinny. It makes you puffy and bloated. And I had all these things going on. And then I was like, I found my best body and I have to share this with the women. And people are like, how did you just find your best body? And it was like my athlete came back when I was six months postpartum with my daughter. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Orange Theory. They do like these pop-up. So yeah, they don't tell you what it is, but like you get there, they don't tell you it's happening and it's like fastest mile in the gym. And just my personality, I'm like, well, I have to win because they're going to put the, the names on the board. I don't want to be second. And I was six months postpartum, but like it, it didn't matter. So I ran the fastest mile in the gym. I peed my pants and it was like totally worth it. I won. And it was like at that point, I was like, I ran the fastest mile of anybody in this gym and I just had a baby and it like opened my mind. Like what else can my body do? And I started lifting heavier and running with girls that ran faster than me and kind of holding myself to a higher athletic standard. Like I was working out with other moms. I had no excuse and found like this higher level of fitness and found confidence again through fitness after my athlete days. Yeah. So I don't know if, I mean, you look like you could compete right now. And as a mom of five and a five month old, you could, she's shaking her head. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely could. Um, my husband yeah. jokes, he's like, why don't you just go try out for the, or just go do the CrossFit open next year. And I'm like, I don't want to work that hard. <laughs> like, don't put that in my head. Cause like, I know that I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about like the athlete part, mompreneurs, like my whole brand is balance, which I know you think is bullshit, which I'm learning is bullshit too, because I can't get it. And it makes me upset that I can't balance it all out. Like I can't, if I put so much into my brand, I feel like I'm a shitty mom. If I am with my kids, I admittedly am not locked in mentally because I'm somewhere else, like thinking of a show that I have to edit. I can't turn it off. And I struggle to find the balance daily. How in the hell are you finding balance as a mom of five, an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, crossfitter? Like how was it born? This balance is bullshit. It came from my competitive years, right? Like you had to learn, I had to learn how to do it. So it was me going into the gym and I had a baby with me after doing school drop-off with my eldest. And I, I had to know that like, okay, from this time to this time, I have to train. And Michaela, you're 18 months old. So you're just going to sit there and you're going to eat your Cheerios and you're going to play with whatever in the pen while I work out, while I train. And I owned my gym. So it was a little bit easier, but then I had to coach. So it was me carrying Michaela around while I'm coaching. And I think that's why she didn't walk till she was 18 months because somebody was always carrying her. Yeah. <laughs> She's 10 now, but it was definitely, there was no clear box for kids and clear box for training and clear, like for coaching. It all had to be combined or it would have never gotten done. Right. So even now my, my mother lives with us. She runs an IT security company and her and Michaela are sitting at the the kitchen table and she hands her a calculator and she's doing invoices. And my mom, <laughs> she's like sprouting off numbers and Michaela's sitting there on her little calculator type or adding up the numbers that she's giving her. So it's very much uh, all hands on deck kind yeah. of uh, <laughs> operation in this house. And it's just, it's worked for us. We've been able to do a lot the way kind of just making, yeah. just integrating it all. There's, there are no clear boundaries. Do you deal with the mom guilt, the mompreneur mom guilt of like, no, starting? okay. Talk to me about this because I can't let go of it. Well, first off, 
Nobody ever looks at my husband and is like, you're such a shitty dad because you're running a business and because you're doing all this stuff. And you're like the worst dadpreneur on the planet. I'm like, no, no. Nobody calls him a working dad either. That's like a a thing. He's a CEO of a fucking company that like, he does amazing things and he's also a great dad, but it's not one or the other. He's both. Just like, I'm not one or the other. I'm both. I'm a great mom. And I'm also good at what I do. How? <laughs> I can't. One is always like lacking. Like I, if I, if something is on, I'm killing it somewhere. I'm not somewhere else. Like I can't kill it everywhere. And then I, I have the guilt. Like I go to bed at night and I like want to cry. And I'm like, I wasn't present today. I'm going to be present tomorrow. Then you wake up as an entrepreneur and there's an email and there's a fire that needs to be put out. And it, like, even if you set your intention that you're going to be with them today and locked in. I can't, I'm all over the place. I have very, very, very clear boundaries in that while you can't, you can't keep everything separate. You can at 6 PM, you can put it away. You can put your phone away. You can close the computer. You can turn it off. And I get it. If you're still sitting there thinking, you'll see a lot of notebooks lying around my house with pencils in them. It's either for me or it's by my husband. And we'll write down whatever we're thinking about and then we'll put it away. Right. It's kind of like a quick data dump. So you can stop going over it in your head, see it on paper, and then just kind of file it for tomorrow. Um, When I'm working, I send emails, but I schedule them for the next morning. Right. So it's like five o'clock at night. I will schedule six emails to go out at 6 a.m. the next day because I don't want a response at 7 p.m. Because I know if I see it, I'm going to think about it. That is such a great idea. Because if to me, I'm like, I want it off my plate. So I would send it to just say it's off. But then, yes, I would see a response and then it's back on. Schedule send. Love mm-hmm. that. I am the queen of schedule send. My husband has started doing it now because same thing. Like it could be 10 o'clock at night. And if you see something come through, yes. he's going to get up, go to the computer, figure it out and then come back and I'm, schedule send. That I, is the best tip because mm-hmm. I, when you're saying when you right, when you were like, put the phone down at six, it's like, but if I can think of things that I could do to set myself up for tomorrow to be already done, like sending those emails. So it's done, but I'm not risking a response or risking like a sleepless night because I'm thinking about all the things. Schedule, send, what a tangible step that I could use. Perfect. Where did the idea of the book, like obviously you're trying, everyone's trying to find the balance, but when were you like, this has to be a book, I'm writing a book. Your spare time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Between having a baby. Yeah. Right. No. Like, you know what I should do. <laughs> Seriously, people think I'm insane, but it's just, I have a lot of clients all struggling with the same issue. Right. It's like I feel like a terrible mother because I'm going to work out, or I feel like a terrible mother because I have to meal prep, or I feel like a shitty person because I didn't meal prep. Yes. Yep. You can't you can't do it all at the same time. You just can't. So If you want to be present with your kids, order food for the next week, right? Like there are restaurants that do catering orders. So you can order four chicken breasts and half a pound of rice and sauteed veggies. And they even have really good dressing that you can just kind of throw on top of it. So it's more edible, but (laughs) (laughs) like you can't do it all. So stop trying. And it's really, it's a common problem. And I think there's just this unrealistic narrative that's floating around that you can. Yeah. And you compare and you think everyone else is doing it. So you have to do it. 
when you were like order the food, I'm like, oh, but I see on Instagram, like my friends that go to a nine to five job and they come home and they make dinner and they're sitting with their kids. And so I feel like I have to do it or that no. people are going to talk shit like, oh, you order food and you work from home. And I'm always like worried that, about like judgment from other moms, but I don't judge them. Exactly. So it's like, I'm not having these thoughts about them. Why do I assume that they're like, oh, you didn't make your dinner. Exactly. You're not working. Like, yeah. Like, Anytime I see something where if somebody has like this beautiful spread at dinner, I'm like, that is amazing. Good for you. Okay, kids, let's go to Chick-fil-A. Okay. Right. Like, it's just <laughs> why can't, and, and your life is easier and they love Chick-fil-A. Like, but why can't I just, I don't, you know, what other thing is funny. I had Ashley Peterson, um, Adrian Peterson's wife. I love her. I she's amazing. She, she was like, girl, every time she was like, no, she would just like check or she's like, why? And I was like, like, look at you. I look like this. I'm in a squat, squats and margaritas hoodie, no makeup. Like I usually look, she is glam. She's always looks like that. She has two boys. She's like, has her own brand. And I'm like, because of, I see you doing, she's like, how do you know what I do? And I was like, well, she's like, I don't, um, she's like, I don't cook dinner. I don't clean my house. I have somebody that does all that. And I was like, oh, and she's like, you're trying to keep up with me. And that's not even what's happening. She's like, social media is people showing what they want you to see. Yeah. So she's like, what you're like, the standard that you're holding yourself to is not even what I'm doing. So it's like, why do we, I can't keep up, but she's like, I'm not even doing that. Yeah. Like, oh, I just assume everybody's doing all the things. So I have to do all the things. <laughs> see, I feel like one of my biggest phrases is that if I make it look easy, I apologize because I like that. It is not, and I am not doing everything people think I'm doing. Like my nanny is upstairs with my five month old right now. So I can tape a podcast, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's my husband took the two kids to school so I could take the other two to school. Like, it's just, I'm not doing it all. I have an amazing support system. I have a lot of privilege in that I can order healthy food or nutritious food for my family. I don't have to cook at all. Um, right before we got on, I ordered groceries like from here, they'll be yeah. here at 6am tomorrow. Doesn't it make you feel like so right? accomplished when like you're doing something and something else is happening, like groceries are happening. Yeah. Uh, somebody's watching my kid. I'm doing a podcast, like three things in one. <laughs> I live that way. Like, look at all the things happening. Yeah. And if they aren't happening, I like, I'm not good. Like, I feel like I'm not accomplishing enough and I'm not checking enough things. And I, and that's how I validate myself. Look yeah. at all the things that I crossed off. I validate myself by if, if everybody is happy and nobody's crying in that moment, I'm like, okay, I'm doing really good right now. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Guys, we're moms. We're not out on the town every night anymore. We're chasing our toddlers through our kitchen. But there are those times where you want just that little extra something. Maybe it's a girl's night, a wedding, a date night, a work event. If you're looking for that little extra confidence boost, you need Rejuvalift. Rejuvalift delivers dramatic results to minimize the look of lines, wrinkles, crow's feet, those 11 lines that I have between my eyebrows. I use it on the bags under my eyes. Guys, it works in four minutes and delivers results up to seven hours. I've tried it. I'm obsessed. And now Squats and Margaritas listeners can get 20% off at rejuvaliftbeauty.com using code margaritas. That's R-E-J-U-V-A liftbeauty.com and use promo code margaritas. You need this in your life. Shipping is free. You get 20% off. 
Go to rejuvaliftbeauty.com. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. Now, back to squats and margaritas. How do you get to that point that you don't feel like you have to be the mom that does all the things? Like, I would, I can't, I would love to to just be like, everybody's happy, we're good. Like, it's like, what can I do to set myself for, up for tomorrow? I can't stop and just relax. People don't under, they don't know my past and that I lost my father in 2016. My brother passed away in 2011. There's been a lot of like, yeah, not nice things that have happened. Uh, I mean, even in my childhood, I had a pretty traumatic childhood and my dad suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder and schizophrenia. And he disappeared when I was in high school. Oh. And then I found out in 2016, he passed away. It might've been before 2016, actually. Um, the date, the years might be off, but it's just wow. that when you deal with a lot of trauma at a young age, you have a different perspective on life. Yes. After all that happening, like if the worst thing that happens is I forgot to send a picture to school with my kids, like, okay, I'm doing some perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That (laughs) totally makes sense. And I think it's funny you talk about like so openly about trauma and it's like, everybody's carrying something from their childhood, but nobody says it out loud. And it's like, until you can release that, like I was struggling internally with like all my eating disorders and my mental stuff and I like depression and I stopped doing it. And it was like, oh, thank God nobody found out about that. But I was still carrying it. Like I never like released it. It was just, and until I wrote my book and wrote, I was bulimic, I was anorexic, literally writing it, Alicia, it wasn't even like anybody had read it yet. I was just like, oh, I could breathe. And it's like, even if the thing, whatever the thing is for you, the thing that you're picturing right now, if it's not happening anymore, it was something that happened a while ago, you're still carrying it. And until you say it out loud, like you just did and release it, you're never going to be able to like move on fully with your life. So I think that it's, it's so cool that you're just so openly talking, everybody has trauma, but a lot of people it's not happening anymore. So we don't, we don't say it. Yeah. And if you know me in real life and you've gone on walks with me, you know all about it. Like, right? I want to go on a walk with you. <laughs> I'm notorious for like four and five mile walks up and down the tidal basin and like just full on word vomit. Like it's just what we do. Yeah. But then it, you're letting it out and it's like not, it's not going to come out on your kids later because it's like something that you're processing and women have it all together and you don't want to complain. And, and then you yell at your kids at bath time. But it's like, if you can just, like you said, go on a walk, let it out so that you're not so like, Ugh. that's what you're saying too, about getting a workout in. I would feel guilty too, like going to work out because I, like I had a young child or something. I should be with the baby. You come back to them so much better and clearer, right? Like it's, it makes you a better mom. Absolutely. It really does. A lot of times I will, I will uh, include the baby in my workout. Like I think my latest video, I'm like holding the baby while I'm doing lunges because she just wanted to be held. And I'm like, I'm almost done. So here, you just come with me. Yeah. It is always a priority in my book. Even if it's just a 30 minute walk, like I have to get in that movement just because I feel better about myself. 
you used your life experience. You're like, imbalance is bullshit was born out of your life. How did you go about make, like, if somebody has an idea, how did you start the concept of like making it a book? Yeah, it started out as just a bulleted journal. This is kind of how I um, segment my days. I, I wanted to just share that with people in a journal format. Mm-hmm. So I made it a journal. I hooked up with Angela from the collective book studio. And she's like, this is more than a journal. And I'm like, okay. So I got with an editor. I started writing. It has been such a long, long process. And it has gone through multiple iterations of being like a four part book. And I'm like, I can't, that's just so expensive. Nobody's going to buy it to what we see now. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's been almost, almost two years in the making. We both try to empower moms to kind of live their best life, find their best selves. We share what we've been through, but also like give yourself grace and not try to hold yourself to this mom standard. Like, what do you tell a mom who I feel like maybe feels less than fulfilled, but you're not supposed to say that out loud because you're a mom. So I'll say it out loud and maybe feels like there's something else for them, but they don't really know how to like either say it out loud, like articulate that to a spouse or just feels like there may be something more. Like, what would you tell that mom? Find that one thing that makes you feel like you, right? It doesn't have to be five things. It doesn't have to be two hours out of your day. If it's going for a walk for 10 minutes, listening to a podcast, your spouse, your partner can give you at least that. I think uh, a lot of times women are in the thick of it and they feel like this is it. This is the rest of their life. It's not, it's just a season. It's just a season. So I think if if you really just, let's say I have a five month old, I am exhausted, but I know in six more months, she's going to be walking. So I'm really just trying to soak it all up because I know it doesn't last forever. I think just making sure that you know in your mind that wherever you're at in life, it's not permanent. It's not set in stone. And if for right now, the only thing you can do is a five minute workout to feel like yourself, then great. Do it every single day. Give it the best five minutes of your life and then go on, go on with your day. Yeah. And you coach people. Yeah. I have, uh, I would say right now, I think I have seven clients. I try to keep it really small just because I'm very high touch. Yeah. Um, And they're still trying to figure out this whole thing. uh, How do you make it all work? And you don't. So if the only thing we can focus on is your sleep and your nutrition, then great. That's what we focus on. Okay. Um, If the only thing you can do is walking every morning and reading at night. Great. That's what we focus on. We start with easy foundational habits and then kind of build from there when your schedule and time allows for it. That's amazing. And anything else coming up for you? No, but I actually, I have a client of mine. She is in her seventies and she just hit the big 30 pound mark with me this year. So she's lost 30 pounds. Oh my God. And she said she's been struggling for the last five years. She couldn't figure out how to do it. And it's just like, she's been so persistent in her goals. Like I just have to give her, and her name's Henrietta. She's so, so special to me. Yeah. I'm proud of her for figuring it out because it's, I can guide anybody, but you're the one doing the work, right? Yeah. It's consistent. You said it. She's consistent. She was so consistent. And then she gets the results. If you could give one tip at somebody that like wants to start a weight loss journey or a fitness journey, like, is it water? Is it like, what's the the first thing that they could do to kind of ramp it up to a fitness program? 
Ooh, the first tip. Like, I'm like, I'm going to start today. I'm going to do this. Uh, water and coffee are your two main drinks. That's it. Ooh. Cut out the rest. Well, other than wine, water, coffee, and wine are like, <laughs> I am pretty much water and coffee during the day. Uh, so I'm doing all right there. Do you live a balanced lifestyle, uh, squats and margaritas lifestyle or not so much? Um, I do. I enjoy, um, I enjoy like a good, I'm very picky about what I drink. Very, very picky. So when I drink, it's going to probably be vintage Campari. Um, it has to be from like the 1970s or 1980s. (laughs) Everything in moderation. Um, food is very neutral in our house. So you'll never, you'll never see me scold my kids for eating gummy bears at the table right before dinner. Right. If you want gummy bears, great. Well, usually it's, it's, I call it red button foods. If, if you say no, they want then they're just going to continue to want it and want it and want it. So I'm like, fine, have your gummy bears, but you're eating your dinner. So they'll have like five, they'll usually put them away on their own and then they'll go right to their dinner. I feel like you were supposed to tell me that. Cause like, I'm so concerned, obviously eating disorders are genetic. Um, I never sit and make comments about weight or anything. I'm not going to have a scale in the house. Everything. But- I know she's not even hungry, but she's trying to get a treat. And it's like, I don't want to give her this message that you eat everything on your plate and like till you're full so you can get a reward. Like, how do you not make, like you said, make it a thing? Cause it's like this reward. But if you look at it, like you're, it's neutral. It's like, she won't be working so hard to like earn a popsicle. It's like not as tempting. Yeah. Um, it's just every day. It's, it's kind of, and like, it depends on the popsicle. Popsicles, like we keep popsicles in our freezer mm-hmm. and one is like 45 calories. So I never hesitate if they say they want a popsicle. Same. Great. Like they'll usually come in from shooting basketball and they all want ice pops. So great. You have your ice pop and then get to the dinner table. It's, it's okay. just, we try really hard not to make it a thing. And great. if I don't want them to eat it, I usually don't bring it in the house. That's a good point. Yeah. Why is it? Why do we even have it here? <laughs> okay. I like it because I don't want food to be a thing. Like my mom was always on diets. And did you ever struggle with any kind of disordered eating, especially like as an athlete or like a ballerina? Yes. Yes. Oh, Big time you- as a ballerina. Just know what's going on in the rooms, right? Um, I, I actually remember one of my teachers pinching my waist and grabbing the fat on it and being like, oh, this is, this needs oh. to go. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess it needs to go. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. At like a young age where Uh, you're a formidable age. That's disgusting. I hate that. I'm so, I can't let it, I mean, if she struggles half as much as I did, like I will have failed as a mother. I, I have to make it so that it's not a thing for her. And I don't know, like, I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to like, everybody's like, clean your plate. And I'm like, should I tell her to clean her plate? Like, I'm so aware of it and like not messing her up that like, I don't want to make it too I don't know. I just don't, I don't, I want it to be neutral. Like you said, I don't want it to be a thing. Food. Yeah. I teach them about food cues. I t- like, I, I, yeah. I believe in empowering and educating. Yeah. So when they say they're hungry, I'm like, okay, but go drink a glass of water first and then come tell me if you're still hungry. Okay. So they'll, they'll do that. And then if they're still hungry, they're like, I'm still hungry. I'm like, okay, let's get you some food. Wow. If like, oh no, I was just thirsty. Then they'll go about their way. Right. Because Hunger sends the same cue if you're thirsty or if you're hungry. My kids, they're hungry all day long. Like they're done with breakfast, these huge breakfasts that they have. And then they're like, can I get a snack? And I'm like, there's no way. 
like that you're hungry. And my husband's always like, they're hungry. Like they went to, and I'm like, no, they're I'm like, you're bored. You're just, you just want a snack because you're not doing anything. Like go outside. Like it's just all day. We're hungry. Absolutely. That's my biggest thing. Go outside, go outside, yeah. go play. And, okay. and then, then come talk to me. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's definitely the same thing. I feel like children are bottomless pits. They, they just eat all the time. All of my kids, especially my boys. I think Maddox, he's my almost seven-year-old. He put away <laughs> a half a dozen eggs in a day. I'm like, where do you put it? But he's, <laughs> he's like, he's completely, he's real thin. So is my daughter, but oh she's my- so tall. Like she's as tall as a teacher and she's in first grade. And actually, I don't want that to be a thing either, but I'm 5'10 and my husband's 6'4". She's going to be tall. But it's the first thing people say. They're like, oh my gosh, Amaya, you're in first grade. You're so tall. And I'm like, yeah, and mommy's tall. And like, don't make it a thing that she feels yeah. like isolated. Or it's, she's not the same as everyone else. See, we get the opposite. Michaela's very short. Yeah. Very short. And it's the same thing. It's the same so tiny. I'm like, Oh, but she's really smart. She's incredibly intelligent and she's so kind hearted. Like I just switched the conversation to what she is, not anything about her body. Like stop commenting on kids' bodies. It's not okay. Like I'll, I'll make it really awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I know that's what other things moms do. They try to just make everybody comfortable. So it's like, you're saying something that's offending my daughter, but I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Ask him what she read. Like, ask her, what, what was your last book that you read? Don't fucking talk about how tall she is. Like, just. Where can people find you? Oh, gosh. Go to liftlikeamother.com. Subscribe to our newsletter. I do not spam because I'm too lazy for it. I usually <laughs> only tell you something when it's actually important. Or when... Great. <laughs> right. Great. So, yeah. Subscribe. Find me on my website. Find me all over social media. Um, yeah, I'm here for it. And Balance is Bullshit, wherever you get your books, it's available now. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.